We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast, the first episode of 2018. I feel like an old man, but at least today, I'm the youthful one in the building. Starting the year off with a guest, try to get a guest every show now, friend of the podcast, Ryan McKinnell, right here, dressed like an Eskimo, joining us on the first episode. Of course, you know, Andreas Hale is in the building, growing out his winter beard, looking all extra, just scruff, McGruff in the building. Thank you for showing up. You know, after this two-week vacation, you look like we had two weeks off. 
Yeah, we had two weeks off, man, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And I got to get back to dealing with you. <laughs> Listen, yeah, no. I, I mean, I do this so sparingly. I mean, what I was on the first episode ever, the inaugural episode of the the corner. I'll never forget it. Uh, it's the episode where Kel said that to pimp a butterfly just didn't do it for him. Yep. And uh, actually, we also we also kind of shit on the new day. Uh, we didn't know what was going on. They were the they were they were what they were like debuting as like uh, the church. Yeah, the church. Yeah, they, they were, were clappy preachers. God's property. That's what they were. <laughs> Listen, Cyborg would love that gimmick, but we'll get to that in a little while. Um, it's a new year. We're gonna leave uh, the trumpito talk out of this one, but outside of that, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. You know, that's that's a show in itself. Um, it's 2018. We all trying to do better. All trying to do right. What is your New Year's resolutions for 2018? I know everyone made one. Um, mine, mine is pretty simple, and I, I'll see how long I can take this. It might be over tomorrow, but I'm trying for the whole year. No goddamn Kel moments this year. My New Year's you, resolution. You, you'll botch that today. I am not botching that today. This, that, this show that, is strong that, for me. That's my that's my New Year's resolution for you to not have any more goddamn it Cal moments. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I'm feeling good about 2018. I, I'm I'm about to hit my 30th birthday here in a second. It's that it's that year where I plateau. It's just baby Cal's baby baby Cal's growing up, man. <laughs> I'm in my yep. prime right now. No goddamn it Cal moments. Andreas, you almost have a, an adult uh, podcast co-host. Almost, not almost. quite. We're Ten close. Years, like another decade. Another decade. Yeah. Yeah. I got to have another decade. But What's yeah, yours, my new, old man. I don't have one, man. I mean, to be honest, calendar flips don't do anything for me. So I stopped doing that New Year's resolution stuff. I just do what I need to do. So sorry, people. Old man Andreas is jaded and doesn't care about your 2017-18. All it means is I'm getting older. I'm going to die soon. So I just got to do better. Oh, so morose right now. <laughs> 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 it makes it better. It makes this better because the listeners can't see Andreas's face, but like the the voice that delivered that last line, uh, the, the the visual I'm looking at is matched perfectly. It's art. It's art, really. You watch way too much of the Chappelle show stand up. Like it's just not even. You're just deadpanning the whole <laughs> intro to the show. <laughs> I can yeah, tell it warped your that's mind. My, actually, yeah, no, that's my my New Year's resolution is to read Iceberg Slim's uh, memoir, uh, Pimp. Because I, I, I didn't even I didn't even know it existed. I got a copy on my bookshelf. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phenomenal. Now we know 2018. Some of us are trying to get better in 2018. Um, we're starting this show off like we started last year's show off with predictions going into 2018. And we're going to see if we're right. If I was smart, I would have went back to last year, listened to it, and see if we were right and wrong where we messed up. But I'll do that this week, and we'll talk about that on Twitter. Today, let's go forward and predict next year. We'll start off with who will have the best album of 2018. If you're guessing today, and you had to put one rapper out there, who's dropping the best album of 2018? Not, not Eminem. God, no. We won't get another one until 2020, and I'm happy about that. I hope we don't get another one ever again. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's over, man. Marshall, Marshall done blew himself up, man. You can't, you can't go out there with those features, man. It's hip-hop. The hell yeah, is the matter with you? 
Um, that was an absolutely dreadful album. No yep. Kendrick this year, it doesn't seem like. I mean, you never know. Yeah, him, never but know. he just dropped last year, so that takes your usual out of the running. If you had to pick one person, you can't go Rhapsody, just dropped an album. Um, Big Sean's obviously no one's favorite here. So no. the, the, the list is cut down a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go with, if I had to choose J. Cole, album of the year. Pretty safe pick. He's due up. He, yeah, he's due up. He's you know when J Cole is quiet for an extremely long time, it usually means something is coming. Uh, he had the verse on Jeezy's album, which is pretty dope. So it's a pretty safe pick. Mine, I'm gonna go for the critical acclaim. I don't think it's gonna sell well, but I think the Roots are gonna have a phenomenal album this year. Coming off the heels of Black Thoughts, ridiculous freestyle that probably bodied the entire year uh, yeah. for verse of the year. I think the Roots are going to have an absolutely phenomenal album. Uh, so I'm going to have to go side with them. All right. Well, being the Sammy Davis of this reverse Rat Pack crew that we have dubbed ourselves over the years, I'm taking it out of the hip-hop realm. No oh. hip-hop. No hip-hop. I'm going for Tool. It's been 10 years since, mm. well, actually more, since 2006 is 10,000 days. It's the talk of the rock world. Rock seemingly doesn't matter at all. Metallica came back in 2017 and obviously, you know, charted really well and had a great comeback and a great summer tour. Uh, but I want to see what Tool's got in store, and it looks like they're going to put in an album. And in the era of Trumpito, in the era of this big, dumb, orange fuck, I don't think a better album is more needed than the return of Tool. So let's pray to God that uh, Tool comes out and blesses us with another album. So I'm, I'm throwing you all a curveball. I like that, though. I, yeah. I, li- I like that pick. It's strong. Um, listen, nothing wrong with rock. We discussed it. I got to stick to my Yakubian roots, right? <laughs> <laughs> listen, we do, we do a lot on this show. We're eclectic around here. Now half the audience is going to be like, okay, who the hell is Tool? And look that up. <laughs> but uh, it's strong, educating the people right now. Man, um, if they if they stick around for pro wrestling, I mean, they they probably got some idea who Tool is. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, hope, I, I hope so. Fair hope point. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Next category: breakout artist of 2018. If I was smart, I would have chose Cardi B last year, but I didn't go all in on that. Um, this year, Dre would know, um, I guess, more than anyone because you got your ear to the streets and you mm. know people coming up in the world right now. Um, Lil Pump, I'm guessing, is not making your breakout artist of 2018. Absolutely not. Man, that's, that's even a hard category to peg because the industry is so different. So, I mean, is it somebody that's already established? Are we talking about a new artist that just kind of broke through? Oh, no, you can have, no, you can have like a established, damn near, you can have tapes already just breaking out yeah. to the mainstream. Like, uh, I would say Chance was the example in 2016. So he has projects, but he broke out to the mainstream, gets nominated. Um, for Grammys and multiple awards, I would say Rhapsody would probably fall in your categories last year as breakout artists. You have known of her, obviously, for a long time. It's yeah, just yeah. SZA included. It's kind of hit that breakout stride where it's like, okay, they're just taking off to the next level. Yeah, who's going to be the breakout artist this year? Um, man, it's tough. Uh, a lot of the new... I'm not going to say I don't like a lot of the new artists, but nobody really is jumping out at me um at the moment i really like jid he had a great album last year um i 
feel like we could see Vince Staples have a, a big year. Ah, I'm you not took sure. my guy. That was, that was my guy. My that's the only guy. That's the only, <laughs> I had this whole thing lined up with what I was going to say. But no, yeah. Trey, Trey like Vince, Vince Staples. It's either going to be Vince Staples or I think if Gold Link comes out with another project sometime this year off the, the back of how big Crew was, he could have a really huge mainstream year. Because the song is big, but I don't think enough people know who Gold Link is. So, he would be my other choice when it comes to hip-hop. Uh, the other person is another TV artist named Sir, who is dropping an album this spring, I believe. Uh, might be spring, late late winter. Um, but Sir is really dope, an L.A. artist. I know Ninth Wonders has worked with him on, on a lot of songs, so he could have a, a really great year. TV just seems like they've got this thing on, on, on lock. I can't believe there's artists. another one. That's great. Another yeah, team. No, right? no I, uh, I'm going to obviously cede to Dre, uh, obviously, in this. Uh, as you said, Kel, um, you know, ear to the grindstone, very plugged into as far as what's coming up and what we should be looking for. Um, and I'm just going to pig- piggyback a little bit off of that Vince Staples um, uh, comment. I absolutely agree with Dre. I think a lot of your listeners already are very well aware of, uh, of Vince. Uh, hell can wait. And uh, summertime 06, and then obviously, uh, you know, with Big Fish Theory. The thing I like about Vince, and I had the pleasure of seeing him at Life is Beautiful this year for the first time ever, uh, he he really has that kind of attitude of the NFG, right? Like the no fucks given. He, 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 he does what he wants. Uh, consequences be damned. He's not afraid to take chances with his sound and to expand uh, sonically. I really like that about him. On top of being... You know, a great voice and a great, I don't want to say a contrast to Kendrick in the West Coast, but he offers, he clearly offers something that people want to hear. Um, it's just a matter of time for me before everyone's listening to him. And I do, I do mean everyone. Very, very good uh, comparison is to what Kel said about Chance that with the Grammys and the mainstream acclaim that followed. I, I definitely think Vince, you already hear his songs on our favorite HBO shows. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, he culturally, he's already kind of uh, in our subconscious. But uh, he is due for a really big breakout, I think. Yeah, I think he's, you know, the unanimous pick here. If I had to go deeper, I'd say Black is pretty dope. Um, on an yeah. R&B tip, I think he can put out a good, good project. Even though he just dropped one last year. But I, I think we'll see, like, a, a much larger project from him. And then even going past that, someone who's been around forever. But I feel like they're getting a lot more play now is Nipsey Hussle. And just his unique way of doing things and going so independent. And he did the drop the mixtape, pay $100 for it. Like here, so he got like 10,000 people to pay $100 for his mixtape. And he said, the hell with them, just giving away everything else. He has a blueprint that I think now with people getting nominated for the Grammys, it's more so you got to drop a project in a different way. And we saw a chance to drop that and just get buzz. It's all about buzz around your project. And I think he can get that buzz and kind of go on. And I think he's still with Lauren London, so that can't hurt, hurt him at all. Like, nah. if, if you need to catch a wave, Lauren London can help. Um, all right, let's get into something where we're definitely going to disagree. But I won't say anything stupid. Best wrestler <laughs> of 2018, if you had to pick today. Mm. Dre's going to go chalk. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> best wrestler of 2018 which I think might be a, a little bit of a surprise pick. I'm going with Adam Cole. I feel like people have a much larger... Oh, excuse me, and it's WWE wrestling, because we're splitting. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah okay, WWE and Indy, we're splitting, sorry. Um, okay. I'm going with Adam Cole, because I think at NXT, you have a much longer leash to do creative stuff. I think you're not hamstrung by the main roster creativity and the writing. 
I think he'll be the lead man in NXT and it will have the same impact that we saw Finn have when he carried the company, Nakamura before he got ruined. We saw all these guys be able to really be themselves and take NXT to the next level. I think Adam Cole's that guy this year. Um, all right. I, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people have already given him credit. And in 24 hours, he's going to wrestle one of the biggest matches of his 30-year career almost. And, and that's Chris Jericho. And, 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 and I'm saying this. Not, I mean, his in-ring was fine. It was as good as it always is, especially at his age. But the program he ran with Owens, uh, a- culminating in the Festival of Friendship here in Las Vegas and the betrayal and uh, the turn and then him going away. And now, I mean, I know it's a WWE wrestler, but this this uh, this uh, Omega match coming up here in about 24 hours at Wrestle Kingdom 12, uh, it is so hard to not put him, in my book, I- at the top. Um it's, it's the surprise factor, really. Uh, for me, you know, his returns are nice. When he comes back, okay, people pop. Uh, it's always great to see Jericho, but he hasn't been as relevant in recent years as someone like him, but maybe that you would expect. But what he did with Owens absolutely put him back uh, at the top of the company. And then now what he's doing with Omega as a WWE guy, nobody's looking at this and like, oh, it's Lionheart, Chris Jericho. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the WCW. No, this is the WWE champion. And actually, Dre had a really good piece uh, with Omega that you should check out, even if the match has already aired by the time this uh, podcast hits the airwaves. But, uh, you know, he's, he talks about that. He talks about what this match means and how he is a six-time champion and how he, he has beat Steve Austin and The Rock and Roman Reigns and no one else has done that in terms of people in New Japan right now and specifically Omega. So that was big. And I got to give an honorable mention to The Miz because um, – what he has done and what he continues to do blows my mind. Uh, I was never a fan of him. If anything, I was a hater of his for so many years um, as just the real world guy. And he has proved me wrong at every turn uh, for the last however many years, really ever since his WrestleMania run with uh, Cena and The Rock and that whole thing. He, he's incredible. So um, those the, the Jericho's my pick, but uh, Miz was right up there as well. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens, man. I think uh, we've looked at a, a year where he kind of – he made the best out of these situations, but he didn't get a run with the title. And I feel like after that program with uh, Vince and Shane McMahon, the one that's currently going on, that he probably will have his WrestleMania moment. I hope he does at least yeah. finally where he wins the title. Um, he should have been wrestling Jericho for the title last year. Uh, it didn't happen, obviously. It went Amen. to Goldberg and Lesnar. Uh, but Owens has all the charisma in the world. He's an excellent talent, a phenomenal mouthpiece. And this is really his time to run with the ball as the top heel in the company. Uh, so Kevin Owens would be my first pick. My runner-up, and I mean, I said it in our little group chat, Samoa Joe, man. Give that man the fuck the world title like Taz had in ECW. (laughs) Yes! He's so good. So good. He's made the best, even though he lost to Roman Reigns recently, and it doesn't seem like they're going to be – he's like upper mid-card right now, but they need to figure something out. That guy, he's just way too good to not hold a title um, or be some kind of enforcer or a bruiser who just takes everybody out. So I hope it's the year of Samoa Joe. I can't really go with any guys at NXT because I don't feel like we'll see him enough. Um, and that's my and only problem, Adam And Cole. if we do, and if we do, well, they'll put him on 205 Live like uh, uh, Hideo Itami. God. Oh, Adam Cole will get pushed a lot further than that. I think. Uh, yeah, I agree, but. I think I next, year, so. this, yeah, next year, this time, he probably has like a, a surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble. After he dominates NXT. No, he'll be there all year. And I think this is his year in NXT, but I think next year this time, everyone's going to be clamoring for their main roster splash. Well, the thing with Cole, unlike 
a lot of these other guys like Balor and Nakamura, uh, they got Cole Young. They got him really young. Cole's in terms like twenty six. Yeah, <laughs> in terms in, in terms of WWE pulling in indie talent, like Owens was old, Generico was old. All these guys were relatively old and had a ton of mileage on them. Now I think back to that first O'Reilly and Cole match where. O'Reilly split Cole's lip up to the tip of his nose. And I mean, it's not, I'm not saying Cole hasn't had stiff matches, but I mean, he, he absolutely has, but only like five years at most of mileage on him. And, uh, you know, they got him young. He's got all of his hair. I know Vince likes that. He's got that <laughs> long hair. He's not, he's not the balding wolf like Baron Corbin. Um, so that, that plays in his factor. No, but yeah, he, uh, I, I agree with you, Kel. He's not going to be a typical uh, NXT or at least from what we've seen. <laughs> No Roman Reigns over here. Okay. No. That's but I will say this. Best wrestler say, in the world, I, Roman Reigns, no, huh? I, w- I will say this. Roman Reigns has gotten a lot better. The matches with Joe, I mean, for the past couple of years, he's done a lot of good work. He had that great silent promo earlier in the year where he just stood in the middle of the ring and let that heat generate. He's really finding his feel, and I, I'm definitely not a Roman Reigns hater. I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to appreciate him more and more as the years go by. In the ring, I'm okay with Roman Reigns. Keep a mic the hell away from him. Roman Reigns needs Paul Heyman, except there's only one Paul Heyman. Yeah. And that's just a fact of the matter. Like, that's that's what he is. Um, next up, best indie wrestler for 2018 projecting out. Who will it be? I feel like last year, a lot of us would have said Okada. Kenny Omega came and took that. So it's probably going to be someone else who makes a, another run. Um 2018, if I had to project forward, I'm going with Marty Skrull. I think he wins Battle of Super Juniors. I think, especially in that that kind of weight class, he really shines. His character comes through. I think he starts to break away from the Bullet Club a little. And Wait, Marty are we talking, Cal? Are we talking about the best wrestler going forward, forward in 2018? 2018. So if if we're at December 31st, oh. 2018, we're saying this guy was the best of the year. We're just projecting oh, okay. forward. Oh, okay. So I would say Marty Skrull is going to be that guy when we look back next year. Um, I'm going to go with Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee had a, a Big great... Big Keith Lee? Yeah, man. I think he'll find his way into New Japan this year. Uh, I think that he's just too good, man. He's too good. His size, he has a look to him. Um, and he's, he's pretty much, he's a great wrestler and he has a great gimmick. I mean, being as big as he is and to move as well as he does, it's hard enough for me not to pick him, uh, close runner up. I'm curious about Jeff Cobb. I really like Jeff Cobb. Uh, Cobb is, he's going into New Japan now and he's doing work there. Mr. Uh, Athletic. Yeah. And the, I mean, the guy was great in Lucha Underground, but I think this could be a big year for Jeff Cobb. Uh, obviously there's always Matthew Riddle lurking around. I just feel like yeah. he'll probably get snatched up by WWE possibly late fourth quarter this year. And I'm just going to go out of limb and say that. I think he's too good to keep him out. Um, and there's too many, he's got way too many followers on Twitter for the WWE not to take this guy. Um, but yeah, Keith Lee, I think is going to have a huge year. Uh, and I think he'll make a big splash one way or another. It's, it's hard to keep that guy away. I mean, you look at him and you see a mountain of a man then you watch him move and it's like, the guy's ridiculous. So that's going to be my pick. He's a black Samoa Joe. So I'm not surprised by that at all. Like, if you look the way they move, the body type, exactly how they look, he's a black Samoa Joe. Who is your favorite wrestler? So I understand that pick. Yeah, I'm, I don't, uh, I'm having a hard time coming up. I, I, I'm going over New Japan, but I kind of feel like all those guys are pretty well established and I I can't necessarily see a break out there. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with two Vegas guys or Southwest guys. 
Um, similar, I, th- I think Jeff Cobb is NorCal. Uh, originally, he did a lot of stuff uh, starting up there. I don't know exactly where he's based out of. But uh, to piggyback a little bit off of Jeff Cobb, I, I want to throw two names out there that uh, you should keep an eye on. One of them is Alexander Hammerstone. Um, he's out of uh, FSW. He's the current champ here in Las Vegas. Uh, I saw him about four or five years ago at an FSW show. He did like a round off to uh, over the top rope, like a backflip. The guy looks like Thor. That was kind of his gimmick, right? Like he was a, he was a Thor ripoff. Uh, he's a former like uh, male model. I want to even say Abercrombie. Um, I'm pretty sure actually. Uh, he, he has crazy uh, solid looks, strong jawline. He's got the look for WWE. Um, got a full head of hair. Got a full head of hair. I know Vince loves that. Um, yeah, I, I really like, you know, he's, he's pretty overall, he's pretty weak on the mic. He definitely needs to step up his game in terms of promo work and his ability to speak. He's had, we've seen him on WWE television as like a bodyguard in random cities for certain things. He's had a couple, one or two WWE tryouts, but he's right on the cusp. And the other guy is a guy he's currently working with. And that's Kevin Cross who's been in Vegas for a while. He's been in Lucha. I believe he was in TNA as well, had a WWE tryout. Um, I'm just a real quick story. I was uh, I was in an event where Cross, he wasn't wrestling, but it was a brew festival at Sunset Station here in Vegas, which is a couple miles from me. It was a, a brew festival, a beer festival, and FSW was doing a showcase. And it was a relatively weak match between a guy that Kel loves, this Spider Warrior guy, about 110 pounds soaking wet, um, he was working a match with somebody I don't recall, but I, what I do recall is there was probably seven or eight, nine, ten people in the crowd, and I, I mean sparse, like a couple of people at the end of each apron, and that was it. It was midday, everyone was drinking, and the last thing anyone was concerned with was professional wrestling. So this match has taken place, and Cross was in a beef with not really in a beef, but he was he was against Spider Warrior, and he was working. He was just trying to stay in practice, right? So when like Spider Warrior got knocked down and put in the corner or whatever the kid's name is, Cross goes up to him and he's and he's yelling in his ear. He's whispering in his ear. And I could hear it. He's like, you're a fucking piece of shit. He's like, you'll never be anything. And he's just cutting this crazy promo. And nobody is at this event. Nobody is there. He is doing this for himself. Uh, and and to keep in the pocket, so to speak, and to stay in in tune, and uh, that to me was just incredible to to be that dedicated and to be that into your gig and to be that into your gimmick um, said a lot about Kevin Cross's work ethic. And I've always described him as a poor man's Randy Orton, but I don't think that highly of Randy Orton. I think the WWE should replace Randy Orton with Kevin Cross if it weren't for the name value history and legacy of Randy Orton. Obviously, that couldn't happen. But uh, Cross is a guy to keep an eye on. Cross should be in Lucha Underground this season. Like a more yeah. prominent role this season in Lucha Underground. Now they got renewed. So he, a lot more people definitely know about him, even outside of the Vegas area. So that should be yeah. good. Um, two more categories. That's it. Best fighter for MMA of 2018, projecting forward. Who would have? Who will have the best year in MMA? I'll start. And... Uh... The more I think about it, I'm just going to go on a little bit and say it's going to be Francis Ngannou. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm even having a hard time picking him to beat Stipe right now. I was just saying, is but, that going out? Is that going out in the limb, Dre? I don't. I mean, to, I love to you. Be the, to be the fighter of the year, I would say yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That means I'm putting us like my prediction can get squashed in about two weeks here. If, if Ngannou loses to Stipe on, on January 20th, then everything I'm saying goes right out the window. Right. Because obviously you got Max Holloway, who's a phenomenal athlete, who I think is going to have a tour at the championship. And I think he'll probably move up to lightweight at some point. 
Um, maybe get that fight with Conor McGregor. Who knows? I mean, Khabib could have an excellent year and finally get his hands on the title. But I think Ngannou is a guy who he, we may never see a fight go to the judges' scorecards in this division. He could fight four times potentially this year if he if he wanted to, stayed healthy and got rid of Stipe in a round and whoever the hell else, because who's in heavyweight that can beat him? What if, what if they put him in there with Brock Lesnar just to cash out? Could happen. I mean, he's got mainstream mm-hmm. appeal. Don't so don't probably, yeah don't don't put that uh, uh to the side. That absolutely could happen. It could absolutely happen if John yeah. Jones and Brock Lesnar is not happening. If Francis Ngannou is the champion and they want to feed Brock Lesnar somebody and, and create a big fight, which yep. WME needs, Ngannou mm-hmm. Lesnar will be that fight. So I'm gonna say Ngannou is gonna be the fighter of the year in mixed martial arts. R.I.P. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah listen, I, I'm I'm picking Ngannou. Uh, to beat Stipe. I picked Ngannou to beat Stipe um, the night that he obliterated Alistair Overeem, and it wasn't so much the knockout. It was the fact that Overeem shot on Ngannou a minute and a half into their fight. Like, if you can make the world's greatest ever heavyweight striker shoot a takedown on you in a minute and a half, you are able to put the fear of God into people. So if Stipe Miocic isn't shitting his pants at the premise of facing Francis Ngannou, he absolutely should be. So uh, I'm with you on that, Dre. Uh, obviously, Holloway, um, great pick as well. Uh, there's so much talent in mixed martial arts, especially in the contender, or like right, uh, the you know young champions maybe we haven't given enough attention to. But one guy that I've got my eye on, and I'm not going to say he's going to be fighter of the year, but I, I, I am predicting him to have an incredible 2018, and that's Darren Till. Um, he's coming off that great win over Donald Cerrone where he absolutely steamrolled him. Um, it is, without question, the best win of Till's career. But as far as the eye test goes, his dyna- dynamic uh, striking, he's fearless. And, and more so, he's in a division, right, that I really think he can get over with. You have a natural villain in Mike Perry who didn't get devalued too bad in his last outing. You've just got a lot of talent in that welterweight division where Till can make a mark. And I think he's the type of guy that's going to stay active. He's going to be on free television. Uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to be exposed to a, a pretty big audience, and he's got the fighting style that can endear himself to uh, the entire mixed martial arts world. So I got my eye on Darren Till. This one was tough for me. Um, I'll go with my pick, and that's – Rory McDonald, MMA fighter, not even in the UFC. I think he captures his welterweight belt in Bellator. And by the end of 2018, he's the middleweight champion as well. I think he's two divisions in Bellator defending both. Sure. What does that mean? What what does that mean, Cal, though? What does two divisions in Bellator mean? That's my only issue with that. And I'm with you. That's true. But I I think he's going to stay healthy and fight four times. And four of those are going to be title defenses in two different weight classes, yeah. it's hard for him not to be the fighter of the year if yeah. you give four of those belts. If I had to pick a UFC guy, I'm going with Demetrius Johnson, um, and only because I think he'll beat TJ Dillashaw. He'll beat Dillashaw at 125, a, a guy who just steamrolled Garbrandt, who's a champion at 135. It'll squash the, can he fight a bantamweight? The stuff that's still in people's minds. Is he pound for pound the greatest fighter in the world? He'll fight a guy bigger than him. I think he squashes him. I'm sorry. Were we talking fighter of the year or breakout fighter of the year? for No, fighter of the year. Oh, Jesus. I got to scrap Darren Till then. He's not going to be fighter of the year. No, fighter Uh, of the year. Established and all. I I think Mighty Mouse. Yeah, Yeah, then I'm going to go in Ganu without question. That dude's going to reinvigorate the entire heavyweight division. Um, He really does. Yeah. But okay. it, you guys might cool. be spot on. If Ngannou <laughs> goes 
Stipe, Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez in any order, that's fighter of the year. Yeah, sure. But keep your eye on Darren Till. But yeah, that was way <laughs> Yeah, sorry. My um, bad, y'all. Boxer of the year. Last category for 2018. Who's uh, going to be the who's gonna have the best year in boxing coming up? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Errol Spence. And and the reason why I'm saying Errol Spence over Lomachenko or over Gennady Golovkin is this. I think the the thing we know what Lomachenko is already. We know what Gennady Golovkin is already. Errol Spence has been living off of potential, and I think he'll finally, hopefully, boxing is a really fucked up sport in this way. He'll finally land those fights that he needs to land to put him over as one of the top five pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Because um, we already know what Lomachenko is. We know he's going to beat people up. We already know Gennady's going to fight Canelo, and if he knocks him out or whatever, what have you, we know what Gennady Golovkin is. Errol Spence is, to a lot of people, still a virtual unknown. I think he splashes on the scene this year as a guy who Floyd Mayweather pegged a long time ago is going to be one of the great fighters, and a lot of us in boxing have as well. So if he gets three fights this year, um, I think he's just going to truck Lamont Peterson um, and, you know, hopefully beats up Danny Danny Garcia because, um, you know, I'd I love to see Danny Garcia get beat up. But I hope he, he lands the Keith Thurman fight. I just kind of don't think they're going to do the Thurman fight until 2019, but it, it's his year. See, he's not fighter of the year if he can't fight Keith Thurman. And I don't think he's going to fight Keith Thurman. Well, I don't know. I mean, boxing is a weird sport in that way because, you know, you never know who's going to fight who. Like, we know that we're primed for a big year. Like, Anthony Joshua could have a huge year. Deontay Wilder could have a huge year. But they might only fight one time. You never really know with a lot of these guys. Well, Wilder's going to fight twice at least because he's going to fight Luis Ortiz. But Spence is a guy who, like Lomachenko, you look at him and you say he's amazing. More people need to see him. Everybody's seen Lomachenko now after the Rigondeaux fight. Not everybody's seen Errol Spence. So I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I remember Errol Spence at that first PBC um, and just how taken aback I was in the, the comparisons to Sugar Ray Leonard. I feel, I mean, they're a little overblown, but you can see why people say that. And I, and I absolutely see, Dre, why you, why you would make him uh, your potential fighter of the year. It's a great pick. Uh, Lomachenko. We're living in an era of one of the greatest boxers to ever live. I mean, that's what we have to talk about when we talk about Lomachenko. He is special beyond special. Uh, but the guy I'm going to go with uh, above everybody, even above Triple G, and it goes back to what you said, Dre, if these fights happen, right? And it's a guy you already mentioned, Anthony Joshua. Similar to the Francis Ngannou uh, deal, um, both heavyweight divisions in mixed martial arts and boxing have been sorely lacking now for well past a decade. Um, I guess not so much in the UFC. The UFC has been a little more stable, but heavyweight boxing uh, has just, it's been through many different incarnations with very few stars. We've seen what Joshua is capable of uh, packing Wembley stadium. There. Was that Wembley or O2, Dre? O2. Was, was it? O2. Yeah. It okay. sold it out in like 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, obviously, Wilder, I think, is the B side of that fight. You can put Wilder anywhere in America, and he's not going to draw because the interest just isn't there in heavyweight boxing, maybe 10000 at most. But if you put Anthony Joshua at a Wembley at a soccer stadium or back in O2, he's going to sell out in minutes, hours, however you want to look at it. But it is all contingent on the fact that if it happens against Wilder. And I, I, I don't know if that fight's going to happen in 2018. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, I hope it does. The, the Klitschko fight was at Wembley. Ah, oh, Klitschko. Yeah. Oh, 
They had the stage. Also, Klitschko was. Yeah, because I, I was the like... pro uh, wrestling seven, entrances. You're it right. was like, yeah, it was like 60 or 70,000 people. I yeah, thought yeah, it was. The O2, yeah. the O2 is like the United Center. It's like 22,000 people. Um, so yeah, they, they, I mean, he sold that out. The, the crowd was electric. You saw, as you said, Kel, the, the pro wrestling aspect of it, the fire, the flames, the production, Joshua, when I was over in London in April, 2016, nobody wanted to talk about Conor McGregor. When everybody found out what I did, the only thing they wanted to talk about was Anthony Joshua and everybody knew Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua is a superstar in Europe, specifically in England. Um, and if he can get past Wilder, and if they make that fight in 2018, good God, that's the heavyweight fight we've all been waiting for. And uh, the division has been waiting for. I, I really hope it's somehow controversial or it's not like a, I don't know. I, I just don't want, I, I don't want, I want three fights. I want a trilogy. And, and you know, Wilder uh, is getting a little bit older. Um, so I, I hope we get to see it this year. And no, no boxing fuckery, as Dre said. Yeah, um, not a solid pick. I think Deontay Wilder knocks him out. If they fight, Ooh. so he can't be my fighter of the year. I think he loses that. Um, I'm going with Jamal Charlo. Okay, and it's because booking doesn't affect him necessarily. He's at 160. When you list the the people of those champions, you don't want to fight. You don't want to necessarily fight Triple G. You don't want to fight Canelo. But Charlo's right in the mix. So if you have to face a champion. He's going to be that guy. He's going to knock people off. It's just, it is what it is. Um, Billy Joe Saunders, I think he knocks him out. I think he can land that fight this year. I think, you know, we might see him against the winner of a Canelo, Triple G. Maybe fight one of those, the winner in September, because he'll own a belt. Do you think think one of those guys would take that chance, though, on a relative no-name like Charlo, who does have that danger factor? Well, I think after... That would be my concern. After two fights, you have to go somewhere, right? Like, they're doing the rematch. So in September, you have to fight someone. If Charlo takes the belt off of Billy Joe Saunders, you you have to fight him, right? If you want that belt. Hey, that's not happening. Billy Joe Saunders (laughs) and Charlo are not fighting. So you just go ahead and throw that one out the window. (laughs) (laughs) My guy, Billy Joe! (laughs) <laughs> Billy Joe so, will fight somebody, Dre. He can't keep it, running. But it, but it won't be somebody he can lose the title to and not make any money off of. <laughs> right. So he's just going to wait not, for Canelo or Triple G? Yes. Yeah. Not, like, he fought Lemieux, knew he could beat Lemieux. He fought him in Canada where Lemieux has a big draw. So Saunders won there. Saunders is not fighting a, a dangerous fighter in front of 8,000 people in mm. Cleveland or some shit. Like, he's going to wait cash out because he knows he's holding a belt that the two biggest are you the two of the biggest stars of boxing want a piece of oh yeah so why why would you risk it um i'm not mad at your pick at charlo but i think at 160 and being on a pbc fighter is going to kind of just like the terrence crawford issue it's going to limit his, his opportunities that's fair so, there's so many people he can fight though if they just let him, if he crosses the line like you got jacobs you got saunders Got Lemieux, like, got Triple G. He's HBO fighter now. It's like the politics are going to hold him back, unfortunately, because he's a great talent. We saw that last year. But, and Canelo yeah, can't I, run for him forever. I, I hold that. He ran from 154. He, was, he didn't want that work. He's a golden boy fighter, man. He's, he's mm-hmm. a golden boy fighter. It's politics. Politics, politics, politics. Great fighter, politics. That's why boxing you know, sucks. <laughs> well. Those Listen, suck. Boxing had the best year that it's had in a long time in 2017. Amen. They took chances, Amen. but yep. even their their chances even resulted in money, though. So I mean, the, their chances were like, okay, Triple G, Canelo. It's like, of course, this is gonna sell. 
But I, I'm just saying, you had Lomachenko, Rigondeaux, you had a fight of the year candidate and Badu Jack and, and James DeGale at the beginning of the year. Like, we had, I mean, Garcia and Thurman was 2017. Oh, Mikey wow. Garcia and Adrian Broner was 2017. Foxy had a massive year. It's just, when you say a guy like Charlo in 160 and you look at the op- the options, they're not the, like, to, Charlo's got to become a major player before he can get a chance to fight those guys. So that probably won't happen until... Say, I'm a uh, year early? I'm a year early on this pick? Yeah, you I, might be a year early on this I take, I take my pick back. My 2018 fighter of the year in boxing is Conor McGregor. He's going <laughs> to go out, and he's going to make millions of dollars to get knocked out by Manny Pacquiao. Then he's going to go out and make millions of dollars to lose another decision. Lo- no, wait. No, no. Yeah, Mayweather's going to carry him in the rematch, so Leonard and Mayweather can then sign him to his own mixed martial arts promotion. Yeah, he's not going to fight Pacquiao. I take that back. He's going to fight Mayweather. Mayweather's going to carry him again. Then LRB's going to sign him to co-promote under Mayweather Promotions and McGregor Promotions, and they're going to branch out and start throwing mixed martial arts promotion. That's what's going to happen. Fighter of the year, boxing, Conor McGregor. Heard it here first. <laughs> he's probably going to be the richest. He takes one more fight, he'll be the richest. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> He fights Pacquiao tomorrow. He's making the most money in boxing, and that's a damn oh, shame. Oh, God. What an absurd year. Hey. And a great year. And a, a greatly absurd year. Um, all right. UFC 219. We were all there, all three of us, hanging out, watching the fights. Uh, let's run down the card really quick. We'll start at the top. Chris Cyborg versus Holly Holm. A match a lot of people thought Holly could win. Some people left that night thinking Holly won. Holly pulled a, a Nate Diaz and said she won three rounds. She thought she won the third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, <laughs> that's what she says. Uh, her eyes say she won the third, fourth, and fifth. She, she her face like she did not. It, it did not. Her left eye still Neither did the stats. Open. Nothing. Um, but Cyborg <laughs> went the distance. So it's the furthest we've seen Cyborg push. Right. Coming out of this fight, did it change your opinion of Holly? Did it change your opinion of Cyborg in any way? Did it lessen Cyborg? Is no. it kind of like that Triple G factor? It's like, oh, man, you didn't knock someone out. Like, she's human now. No. No, no, I'll, I'll start with this. No. I mean, this is – it was what it was. I thought – actually, it, the only thing that proved me wrong is Holly had a much better chin than I thought. That's all. That's the only thing that I saw. Other than that, I didn't – I said from the beginning, Holly waits a lot. Um, she's not a very offensive fighter. She's a counter-striker by nature. And that works when you're fighting a, a striking deficient person like Ronda Rousey. It works against Misha Tate for four and a half rounds. <laughs> It's not going to work against somebody like uh, a Cyborg, who's a decorated striker. Um, and, and this fight kind of went how I thought it would go. It just Holly lasted a lot longer than I anticipated. I thought Cyborg would be able to get – that's the other thing. Holly's takedown defense is exceptional. Um, she was big. I mean, she, yeah, Holly, she Holly was, was pretty big. Yeah, but, she weighed a lot. But it was what it was. Cyborg is still one of the – you know, she's still the best female fighter out there today. She'll remain that way. I mean, she says she's fighting Megan Anderson next. I don't think that's going to be happening in February. I don't think the UFC is going to do it. Maybe no. they will. No. I doubt it. But, but it, yeah, it was – nothing about it surprised me except for Holly's chin. The fact she remained upright. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the few that actually had picked Holly to win that fight. And before everyone grasps, gasps and, uh, you know, loses their mind and throws their computer or cell phone out their window. Um, let me preface that by saying I think and thought Cyborg is the greatest female fighter of all time. I think and thought that Cyborg Justino beats every single female in the world. I don't care who they are. Uh, but I did think that Holly had a better than most chance uh, stylistically at being able to uh, 
take Cyborg out of her game. And that was strictly uh, because of kind of what Dre said. Dre was surprised by her toughness. I was not. Uh, Holly Holm is not a person who gets finished uh, specifically on the feet, which is where Cyborg does her finishing. Um, you have to, you could hit her with a baseball bat repeatedly and she's not going away. She is one of the toughest, if not the toughest female, uh, and you have just, I I hate even saying female. She is one of the toughest fighters to ever fight in the sport. And that is historic from her boxing days, kickboxing days from her MMA days. She is incredibly tough. So in that fight, I did think Holly had a chance and, you know, I do my serious show. So I partly made the picks to make good radio and, but I mean, you can't, I could make the case for home to win that fight um but she didn't do it (laughs) and i thought it could have been you know potentially 2-2 going to the fifth but even going back and watching that i was probably being too generous i was up in the watchers uh rafters watching that fight um you know at most i could give her a round all this fight did for me was is, is is continue to establish cyborg as a freak of nature and uh, one of the most special fighters that we've seen in the last decade. I mean, it started with her dismantling of Gina Carano almost 10 years ago on national television. And it is just uh, uh, steamrolled and, and avalanched, I su- should say, since then. And the win over home was a great win. I, I think it showed that she has a, a, a gas tank. She is capable of being patient and being tactical. Not that we hadn't seen that in other fights like Tanya Evinger. I thought she, she did, or uh, yeah, I thought she did similar stuff in that she was patient, but it, it was nice to see Cyborg go five rounds, keep up that output, battle some adversity, deal with a, a person that wasn't going away in front of her. So uh, it was a good fight and uh, a great showcase for Cyborg on new year's Eve, which she absolutely deserved. That was my story. Uh, this was a woman who had been lambasted by the UFC brass and the UFC community for years. And uh, this was her big middle finger to the entire community, and it was a beautiful middle finger. Well, they gave her another middle finger afterwards, uh, Yeah, you know, on Instagram, calling her a man. Yeah, you talk about Jackson, Jackson Wink, Wink. Photographer. Yeah. yeah, photographer, journalist. What? They called him everything in the book. I still have no clue who this guy is at all. But they seem to think, uh, you know, he had a place back there. And it's, <laughs> I don't understand how hard it is to track down the person who's doing your social media. Like, how difficult is that to find out exactly who's pushing the button and who's phrasing things? Uh, And then people, you know, started running down the list of Jackson Wink and what they've been doing on social media and some of their comments and the Aljamain Sterling stuff. And it's not looking good publicity-wise for that gym. Your best fighter is a repeated offender of the steroid policy. And then you have these things going on. The the gym looks a little funny in the light right now. Yeah, too bad that... MMA is still a safe haven for racists and mm-hmm. conservatives. So as long as John Jones still gets cheered, as long as the rest of them still get cheered, as long as people still go to fights and chant USA to people like Cyborg, mm-hmm. they're safe. They can do what they want. Yeah, looking at the gym a little funny, though. With John Jones. You are. You are. Everyone, everyone should be. Everyone You're in should the minority. Be. Yeah, this ain't news. <laughs> I mean, you know, they forget about this story in a few weeks, and people will boo Cyborg when she fights in the states again. And, and Dana shit. White will Dana White will still speak at a White Power rally. What's up, RNC? And don't <laughs> don't forget, he he opened that Donald Trump uh, Republican National Convention in Ohio. Yeah. Dre is not wrong. This is a sport long tied to racism and uh, just just tomfoolery. <laughs> no, we're, we're just seeing it come to light, like many other. <laughs> avenues in media and everything nowadays. They get the voice is there, I guess. 
So mm-hmm. they were pulling the the sheets back on all of that. Um, let's talk putting about the she- or putting the sheets on. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You want to look at that? Let's talk about the real fight of the night: Khabib Nurmagomedov just wrecking Edison Barbosa, who was Dre's pick. As uh, he, he betting, was not my pick. I said, betting, yeah, I said, yeah, betting pick of I the said week. I, I leaned heavy on because if, if he was going to win at a plus four seventy five by knockout, that'd be the only way he could do it. Yeah, I that's what helped him. Yeah, that was a helpful pick. I still didn't think he was going to win, but I just didn't think that it's. I mean, he would get murdered like he did. He got murdered, guys. Well, they that was well. He didn't want to fight after that second round. Would you? No. <laughs> at one point, he had his mouth in a bear trap. I would have not signed on the dotted line like everybody else in the lightweight division <laughs> who has refused to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's the good business choice. Fake an injury, uh, you know, go on holiday, I, whatever you got to do not to fight that monster, unless he's got the title. Fight him for the title, but if you fight him for anything else like Rafael Dos Anjos and Edson Barbosa did, you're just... You're wasting your time, man. He's going to devalue you. He's going to punk you. Khabib was throwing uppercuts from his knees, yo. From his knees. He was on his knees ripping uppercuts to Barbosa. Uh, he's just – he's he's incredibly dynamic, and he's a winner. And that was fight of the night, as you said, Kel. If you have the belt, the question now becomes, do you fight him? Because two people have the belt right now. There's two belts. Yeah, you Yes, you have to fight him. Yeah. Only one person I mean, that has a belt has to fight him. Correction. Not both the champions have to fight him. One person. McGregor, has to fight yeah, McGregor doesn't McGregor have to fight him. McGregor can do whatever anybody. the hell he wants. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He, he can if you're, fight if you're told- you tomorrow for that title if he wants. And he's going to sell the most pay per views in the UFC in the past year. So. Yeah, it, it- it just doesn't, it doesn't really matter what Connor does at this point. Um, you know, fans can boohoo. Like, the hardcore fans will boohoo, but the mainstream <laughs> fans don't give a shit who he right, fights. Like, they'll, right. they'll watch him chop down the tree on pay per view. And um, they'll do it. And they'll do it three years from now. McConnor could stay retired for, I mean, he could just stay yeah. out of the limelight. And when he comes back, everyone will be wooing. And like you said, Dre, yeah. they'll, yeah. they'll buy. So, yeah, I mean, we, we want the Ferguson Khabib fight. Uh, it's just, that's a frightening fight. And, and I said it before, it's like Ferguson's a guy. I love him as a fighter, but he doesn't have the tools to beat Khabib Nurmagomedov. He just he fights as sim- like he wants to grapple. He's an okay striker. He falls right into Khabib's wheelhouse, and he gets mauled in that fight. <laughs> Connor's the only guy who, interesting enough, has the right strategy. Like he can hit Khabib with a straight right, straight left, because Khabib comes straight forward, and he's fast um, enough. Yeah, yeah. Connor is the right guy to beat Khabib. Whether that fight happens this year or not, I hope so. But uh, with Ferguson on the shelf, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. We're not seeing Connor till the summer. We're not seeing him in March. So they better figure out what the hell they're gonna do in Vegas in March. Connor will be fighting in July against Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> well, <laughs> oddly enough, see, so they're put in a horrible position because if you do Khabib Tony in March, right? Let's say you do no, that fight in can't. March. Tony won't be ready. Do it in April. You pick the date in the spring. Tony's ready. You make them fight. Khabib can't fight in July if he wins. So even if he becomes the interim champion, due to the Muslim holiday, he can't train in June. He can never fight in July. So if Connor's ready to come back in July, what do you do? You do Connor versus Nate three, and then just blame it on Khabib. That's that's probably uh, being religious. Yeah, that's probably the fight that's going to happen first anyway. I mean, I joke about Mayweather, but don't be surprised if that actually does happen because that's their out. You say our right. interim champion cannot fight because right. his religion, and Connor right. wants to come back. Well, so, so Nate Diaz it, automatically, boom, you're in it. We go for the trilogy, and then yeah. 
Khabib can't fight in September either. So then you're going to say Khabib McGregor next November in New York for the 25th anniversary show? No, it'll be in Vegas. I, I would Wherever think so kind too. Of- he has to fight in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, and he signed but, a contract uh, with Tao or whatever, and they're paying a buttload of money to go there post-fight. So he's going to fight say, in Vegas. There's, there's only five fights in Vegas next year, well, this year. And the date I'm looking at is October 6th for Conor and uh, Khabib. Well, shit, I don't even know if that can happen. I mean, who, who the fuck knows? I don't think he look, can train during September. I, I think he's he's available to train like September 9th. Look, bottom line, Khabib is a savage. Uh, and he should be fighting for the interim title against Tony Ferguson if Connor's not going to fight him. I don't know what Connor's doing. I honestly don't care what Connor's doing in that sense because he's going to make money either way, mm-hmm. be the most relevant fighter in the UFC, whether he fights or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Khabib, he just needs to stay busy. He, whoever he's got to beat up, let him beat him up. He ain't fighting at 145, I'll tell you that much. That bullshit was somebody he can make 145. Get out of here, Khabib. You're not making 145. <laughs> no, no. He came out 155 and a half. I thought yeah. he at least, you know, prove a point or something. Nah, he's not making 145. Uh, it'd be interesting because he'd maul everyone. If uh, he didn't die. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I mean, <laughs> he probably would. <laughs> I'd be more yeah. interested at 170. Like, listen, RDA is the number one contender. You made him look like nothing. Like, why, why well, not take that rematch? Nah, stay like, wait. Dude, listen. It's the Connor, UFC. It's 2018. Drake, no one I'm stays gonna, anywhere. I'm, Everyone's I'll jumping. Be, I'm going to... I'm going to make this point just like I made it in the group chat before. This is shaping up to be the MMA version of, of uh, Triple G versus Canelo. With Conor being Canelo as the big money fighter and jumps around divisions. People don't call him the real champ. Khabib is a guy who fights at lightweight, is undefeated, Eastern European, charming guy, funny mm-hmm. when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to fight him, but eventually you're going to have to fight him. This is Canelo Triple G all over again in MMA. Yeah, yeah. Credi- credibility still matters, right, Dre? Yep. Yep. Oh, and it for Connor, definitely. I mean, Connor still in fight sports in general. Yeah, legacy matters sooner or later. I like that comparison, Dre. It's it's just you know, Khabib. He's a straightforward fighter. He finishes opponents. He's rough. He his like when I was watching those two fight, Khabib and Edson. I I said it when I was I was sitting next to you here. I was like. He fights like Triple G where his presence is exhausting. Like the fact that he's in front of you, it makes you tired. And that's how Triple G fights. He doesn't go away. Yep. Canelo hit him with the most vicious right hand I think he's ever hit anybody with. And Triple G took it like a champ. Like, you got any more of that? <laughs> so Khabib is the same kind of guy. And against Connor, who, like Canelo, will, you know, he likes to counter. He, he looks, he kind of, he, he can punch going backwards. There's things that, that Connor could do, but. Khabib is just like Triple G. That pressure is exhausting. They're going to meet sooner or later, and it's going to be a huge fight. I just don't know when it happens because, like Canelo, Conor has options. Khabib really doesn't. Go get the interim title and just kind of wait. Yeah. Conor has to fight whoever he wants, just like Canelo did. You know, beat up Miguel Cotto. He went and beat up Amir Khan. But Conor could do the same thing and make a ton of money. But sooner or later, those paths will cross. Well, hopefully it's this year. Um all right, we're going to take a quick break because we went through a ton of shit just now. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back pro wrestling right after that, wrapping it up. It's New Japan Wrestle Kingdom week. We've been waiting all damn year for this. So y'all stay tuned. I know all the wrestling fans have been waiting for this. We're going to break it all down for you when we come back.
All right, everybody, before we continue to talk more combat sports, we got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper Mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the Great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk free. Look dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping. Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you are satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a hundred day period. Yeah, that's right, a hundred days. You know like a hundred days of sleeping, by, by about that time I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep and these things are for real. Make it happen. But now it's time to get back to talking combat sports. So stay with us. All right, what up, everybody? Short break. We are back because you know what? We couldn't leave you for that long. It's wrestling time, but we can't jump into New Japan just yet. If you're listening to this later in the weekend, the fights are already happening. All the matches are sewed up, but we'll still give you our predictions. You can see if we were right or wrong. But we have to start with WWE because it's still going on, believe it or not. Uh, people are still watching it. Some people still care this week. Vince McMahon is doing all he can to steal headlines this week from other promotions. And I'm not sure if it's working. Let's go down. They're building for Royal Rumble. It's a little weird. SmackDown Live now, for some reason, has booked AJ Styles versus both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Handicap match. What sense does this make? It makes all the sense in the world. I mean, you're working towards Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. This is not really about Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. This you're just is wasting you. them then. Huh? Then you're just wasting them. You're wasting you're the three best talents in your company. Not no, at all. You're working your angles towards yep. WrestleMania. This yep. is exactly what you're doing. I mean, Shane and Daniel Bryan is the biggest story in SmackDown right now. Because, interestingly enough, SmackDown's done a great job blurring the lines between face and heel. I mean, look at the Usos, for instance. One yeah. Week Ooh, the next week they're getting cheered, cheered. So you look at the Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon thing, that's all people really care about is, is how this is going to play out. Of course, we'll probably get a great match out of this. I mean, we could get a screwy finish. Like, Sami Zayn could be the champ. Like, what if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win with the help of Daniel Bryan? Like, how does this play out for the next few months? So it sounds nonsensical, but it's only nonsensical because you look, there's a triple threat match with Braun Strowman and fucking Kane and Brock Lesnar. But... <laughs> Otherwise, I get what they're doing. This is all storyline purpose. This is not necessarily like the great match that you know a lot of us are hoping for. But you know, I get it. I'm not, and I'm not mad at it. It's Royal Rumble. All the attention's on the two Royal Rumbles. This, this is just kind of this is almost filler material. It's yeah, it's and, and, weird. And Dre, no, it's not weird. And Dre said that you know Bryant and and, and McMahon is the biggest story on SmackDown. I mean, make no mistake. If Daniel Bryan returns to the squared circle. That's going to be the biggest story in pro wrestling. You know, he is beloved by everyone from the indie scene to everybody in WWE. He crosses continents. He is uh, a 15-year-plus veteran um, that most of us thought 
you know, he was done. It had that edge feel, right? Like when he when he gave his announcement that he was walking away, it was like, oh man, not another one. And and especially Brian, like that's the last guy you want to see it happen to. So if he if he gets clear and he comes back in the ring, and even if it is against Shane, which I really hope it's not, but it's gonna be. Um, you know, uh, you know, Shane's fine, I guess. Uh, I just I don't. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's he he is what it is. He's a spot guy. Outside of that, he's a shit wrestler. He's a he's he's not good. He throws weak ass punches. Nothing he does is believable. The only thing believable he does, which is true, is he's willing to risk his body uh, every time he steps in the ring. And he uh, that that uh, that spear that he took from Reigns. That, what was that guy's? Uh, the one where he got knocked unconscious or he should have been Survivor dead. Series? I, I think yeah, so. I think what, so. Yeah. That shit was ugly. That yeah, was that was Survivor. worse than getting tossed off the top of the hell in the cell a couple times. Like that was really bad, and it was really bad in part because he's not a good professional wrestler. He is not a good pro wrestler. He's better the than last, his father. The last fucking thing I want to see is a guy who has had a history of concussions and injury problems, and Daniel Bryan go in there with Shane McMahon. I, I don't understand it, but I'm not going to really get all marky here. Uh, if Daniel Bryan returns, then praise the Lord and Allah and all that good shit, and yay pro wrestling. That's where I'm at. No, I, I understand that, and I understand that build. This yeah. specific match to get to that is just weird unless Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are fighting over who pins AJ Styles and you go into a Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens program already. Unless no, they're going no. to have dissension and face each other at Mania, I don't understand why both of them would no. be against one person. You're missing the point. It's about Shane and Daniel Bryan. But once it's they not... split for Mania, then what? You still have these are you three sure? characters. Wait, are you sure they're going to split for Mania? Right. Like, like there's a lot of very like again. This is for storyline. Three on three match. Where, where your belts not to. But you no, Dre's right. Storylines in this match because you know there's going to be a Shane running. You know there's going to be a Daniel Bryan running, and you know there's going to be a screwy finish. It's not going to be clean. Which is going to leave SmackDown with multiple storylines to branch off of. If AJ loses his title, if there's Owens and Zayn, but ultimately it's going to be about how Shane and I Daniel think it's Bryan. It's non-title, by the way. Uh, well, what, who cares what it is? It's, so, it's just all about Shane and Daniel Bryan. That's it, it. Is it's just I, I don't understand how that's building towards anything. But besides their individual well, storyline, because like, SmackDown is going to win the Rumble. It, it's just going to happen. So a SmackDown guy is going to win the Rumble. We have Elimination Chamber here. That'll probably, you know, decide the number one contender for Raw, which is going to be Roman Reigns. So they'll throw him in the Elimination Chamber. He'll win that shit. He'll go on to face Lesnar, which means the Royal Rumble will go to the SmackDown person, which then means what do you have? Unless Sammy or Kevin win it in the Rumble. But what if you have a guy like Knock? Come back, wins it. Yeah, Knock's not not doing anything. That (laughs) I I can guarantee. AJ Styles teased that already. So what the whole? I, I just don't understand where you're going. With the whole he's throwing, he's throwing him a bone. Yeah, the whole point again is that AJ Styles versus Owens and Zayn is like the fourth match on Royal Rumble card. It, 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 in the grand scheme of things, it's not your main event. It is your special attraction match, and it's the service of storyline. It's not the service of the title picture. It's not for anything else but to push the dissension between Daniel Bryan and, and Shane McMahon. That's it. And I. It's not weird. It it makes sense why they're doing it. it it'll be weird if the finish sucks, but I, I get what they're doing. And you may you don't have to like it, but I, I see what they're doing here, especially when you got all this time between now and WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got time for a build, and you still have what Roadblock or whatever as a SmackDown yeah, pay per view. 
fast lane. Yeah. Oh, fast lane. Uh, no, yeah. but then we got a limit. We got elimination chamber here in in February. Yeah, we'll be there. May twenty fifth, which will be interesting. But yeah, yeah. It's, hey, it's, hey, you know, what you know what we might get to see though. I have been, you know, going to wrestling since 1997, but for whatever reason, uh, I missed a big portion in the millennium up until about 2011, pretty much all the millennium. But one thing I've never gotten to see is The Undertaker. So I'm really hoping that something happens at Elimination Chamber and uh, I get to see the dead man before uh, he walks away for good. And I I have no idea. The dead man might be dead. Like, he did not look good against Raids. Right, right. I don't want to see the dead man actually die. That's true. That's (laughs) true. It's all bad. Um, What else do we have? So we covered most of SmackDown. Uh, They have a U.S. champion tournament going on. Where this is really weird. It's very like, weird. Dolph Ziggler has to come out at the end of this because yeah, if not, it makes it's to no push. Sense. It's to push Ziggler. This is all. This is all being done to get Ziggler further over. Which is or, cool. Yeah, if it's Ziggler, yeah, Rude, I'll, I'll what take he needs. that again. Yeah, um, but Rude is still going through it. Jinder Mahal is somehow into this tournament. Yeah, kind of like the bully. Z- of Ziggler it. needs something, and this is you know him relinquishing the belt. And uh, we've been wondering what he's been doing with this no music, and while he's also serving as like a spokesperson with commercials running on smackdown for whatever geico i don't know what commercial it is he the did cell some, phone he plays it. the colonel yeah <laughs> yeah he's done yeah he's done like commercials but then he's you know he's on tv is this no music no care guy you know they definitely need to do something he deserves it so i think is for the, what dre was saying in regards to the the triple threat with uh shane kevin and uh, sammy this is this tournament is directly uh being done to benefit ziggler somehow yeah yeah, yeah. Not, i mean you know i mean you know, you can go on a limb here and say that Ziggler never relinquished the title. Right. He left it in the real like, That's yeah, true. He could come out and say, what are you guys doing? I, I didn't leave anything. Right. Like, <laughs> I, didn't si- I didn't sign anything. Where's yeah, my like, signature? Could, I mean, he could potentially say, dude, Brock Lesnar doesn't defend his title ever. Like, why yeah. are you going to say, fine, I just left. There's, there's ways to play. Everything's for storyline because all the focus is on the two Royal Rumble matches. Mm-hmm. And the triple threat in, on Raw with Kane. Which is I horrible. What if Kane wins? What if Kane, Kane takes the belt? Oh, God. <laughs> Kane shouldn't win. I, I don't put anything past the WWE, but the fact of the matter is that Kane could win and then lose it at an elimination pe- chamber because yeah. that's the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. It would, it would make zero sense for Kane to win. He should take the pinfall, but there's always like some hanky-panky that goes on right before <laughs> WrestleMania, and Elimination Chamber always has a title match, not really a number can, one contender. Fight. Yeah. Can we agree, though, I mean, at least in this regard, that Kane has never gotten the respect he deserves? I'm not a big Kane fan, but just a six foot ten guy nearing his 50s. Hell, Glenn might even be 50. I don't know Kane's age. But he is one hell of a worker. Um, he he's not what he used to be, but... It's a guy that, you know, the crowd has never really seemed, I mean, outside from his debut in 97 or 98 and like his early years, people were behind him and he had a mystique about him, but they've just never, they just never found like the proper way to book him to make him what he actually is, which is a giant who is capable of putting on really good matches. So I I mean, I I don't hope he gets a title, but I mean, they they book him any better and he's Undertaker, right? So he's he's always had a ceiling in the character. I mean. You can Kane, only book him show, so. Look, Kane, Big Show, same person. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. And listen, he's absolutely. come a long way since. That's a shame. Since yeah. Isaac Yankum, he's come a long way since Isaac Yankum. So sure. this character has uh, carried him a long way um, since then. The yep. only other news is we obviously have our men's Royal Rumble. We have the women's Royal Rumble, and it's going to be thirty deep. 
in the Royal Rumble? You for yeah. it or not for it? I think I, I don't think we see Rousey, but you Ooh. never know. I do. You you, you got I thirty. I think we see Trish. I think we see Lita. Um, maybe a Beth oh, Phoenix. Man. Um, we'll get a couple NXT chicks. I think the Bellas both return for it. Both. I think, we'll de- I think we'll definitely see a legend or two. We're definitely seeing Rousey. They have, been, they have 11 they, spots to fill. There's 21 women on the yeah. roster. You got to take both champions out. You have 11 well, spots to fill. The hard part is if Rousey enters and she doesn't win, then there's almost no point. She's going to win. That's, That's my problem. Yeah, yeah, I think she wins and then go takes Alexa because Alexa is such a great talker. She's going to be able to mask. No, well, she's going no. for first Charlotte. Of all, first she's, of all, she's, she's going SmackDown for Charlotte. I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that because Charlotte is not as apt. I mean, Charlotte is, I think, the best on the roster, either roster, uh, in terms of just overall value. Um, and she is f- damn fine on the mic. But Alexa Bliss has the capability of masking Rousey's deficiencies, and they are many. I think Rousey is going to fail in the WWE. I think she is a terrible actress. I don't think she will ever get better. Um, you watch her SNL uh, performance, if you can call it that. You watch any movie she's done or any television. She is flat out bad. She's nervous. She has nervous tics. She has nervous smiles. Um, unless they put her through a crash course in acting, which she's been signed to, you know, to Brad Slater and his agency now for a minute. Uh, it just, I, I don't see this working out well. But they've got too much attention and too much time invested in Rousey. They've already put her in that little, that little, like you said, Kel, why you think she's going with Charlotte? Cause she already squared horse off with woman. Charlotte. Yeah. The horse, right, women, right, right, right. Woman thing. Right. I, but I think there's too much there already. Right. No, no. They, and I get what you're saying, but they, they really need someone to be able to bring interest to any feud that Rousey's going to be in. And there's only a couple that I think can do that. And, and, uh, and, and Charlotte is definitely one of them. I think Alex is just the bigger choice or the better choice, excuse me, because of her ability to work. And it'll be more believable when she beats her. Um, I, I guess it's going to be believable anytime. I, but Rousey is coming off two devastating losses. And I think the WWE fans know that. Um, Alexa is just a little bit smaller. She's a better talker. To me, it just feels like the better match right now. I think everything obviously builds to Charlotte because they're the two names, Flair and Rousey. But, uh, oh, I, she, I, she's definitely debuting. It's the perfect time for her to debut. Um, if she doesn't debut, then I just question if they're ever going to do it or if they just got her in the performance center and they realize that she's not cut out for it which could be a possibility, too, before they have to pay her. I don't you know, know how, how it's going to work out. Let me piggyback off of that real quick. I think yeah. they, 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 there's several options here, and I think that her being the performance center is, is very important because they, they're toying with a Ronda Rousey-Oscar match because you can clearly tell by Oscar using different variations of the arm bar that it's possible that they could go Rousey-Oscar. Mm. problem with that is I don't think they, they're probably looking at Ronda and saying, she may not be ready for that. You, <laughs> you want to know how you hide her? You hide her in a horse women versus horse women match at WrestleMania. If she's not ready for a solo match, if she's yeah. not ready, if she but only have one of the other horse women are wrestlers. Only Shayna Baszler is a wrestler. But does so, it really matter? Can't hide three no. people. Right. No, 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 no. But does it really matter though? Like, right. They've had worse women wrestle, so no, it does not. My right. point is, is that you you could find a way to to get Ronda involved. If Ronda's not ready for a one on one match, which I think is what they're trying to figure out right now, mm-hmm. whether she enters the Royal Rumble and just kind of eliminates herself, trying to get rid of Charlotte or some shit like that, 
they figure it out and then they go, okay, well, maybe we have to have a multi-woman match because Ronda's not ready. But one way or another, Ronda's going to be at WrestleMania. It's just either it's going to be a one-on-one match. But I think the, the money's in a horsewomen match here because I don't think she's ready for a one-on-one match with a talented person like Charlotte. Um, and, and furthermore, furthermore, you got to remember, like, WrestleMania is like 10 hours long. And there's already going to be a billion <laughs> matches. So there's got to be a multi-women match in there somewhere because yeah. – Asuka's probably going to win the title at WrestleMania. I don't know how long they can keep her away from the title. Mm-hmm. Like, she probably wins the Royal Rumble and gets her shot at WrestleMania. Probably. And I only say probably because if they feel like Ronda's ready, then then Asuka wins at an Elimination Chamber, and then they go Rousey and Asuka at WrestleMania yeah, in the man. Battle of the Armbar. Well, I, I think we get Ra- Rousey-Charlotte definitely in some way or another. Um, I understand what you're saying, Big Mac, and with the talking and Alexa carrying that point. But I think you forget that Rousey doesn't have to talk because Rousey's going to have Steph. And Steph is going to talk for Rousey in every dynamic. Rousey's yeah, going to be that. Stephanie McMahon's person. Stephanie, she hijacks every big announcement anyway for the women's yeah, division. The- She's going to talk for Rousey. She's going to do put on her Paul Heyman panties and get in there and try to cut promos for Ronda Rousey, her best friend. And the reason she's in the WWE is because Steph bought her in. And that's going to be the angle. And I think she goes after Charlotte and she, she takes the belt off of Charlotte. And then I think that's also why they're building the, the Asuka versus Alexa Bliss right now. People are like, why are you rushing Asuka into that storyline? I think because those two are going to continue on the Raw brand, regardless of what Rousey does. So we'll see a Asuka, Nia Jax, uh, Alexa Bliss possible match in uh, WrestleMania. Because nah. Bliss is going to get tired of... Uh, of what's her face's stuff with Enzo and all this stupid shit, and then they're gonna turn on each other, and the Oscar's still gonna be there. We're gonna get a women's three way. We'll probably get Oscar versus Nia Jax at Elimination Chamber, and then the three of them for the title at Mania. Yeah, I just don't see Stephanie speaking for Ronda. It completely just forgets about the idea that you know Stephanie and Ronda had their little shit at WrestleMania a few years ago, and Stephanie doesn't speak for anybody. She speaks for herself, and I don't I don't see her getting involved. Because it she'll protect help. the asset. She will protect the asset. And That's she can not, talk and Ronda cannot. Ronda has to talk for herself. She can't have Stephanie overshadow her. Why can't Ronda be Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar doesn't say shit. Ronda's not Brock Lesnar. Ronda the Rousey UFC is. champion, former champion, you come back, you're the most not dangerous, the same, baddest woman thing, on the planet. Because where did Brock Lesnar start? Pro wrestling. Like, then he went to MMA. That's Ronda's fair. coming from MMA to pro wrestling. Ronda needs to stand on her own, too. I don't think Stephanie needs to speak for Ronda Rousey. I don't think that makes any sense. I think if she can't speak, I think Steph takes it. Yeah, there's your goddamn McKell moment of 2018. Well, I, think, I think it's legit. There's, I mean, certainly, there's certainly possibilities. That's, if that's I mean, a goddamn McKell moment, that's the, that's the least of them. I actually agree with that. I actually agree with that. Yeah, it is. That, that is a, maybe that's a new – he's turning a new leaf. He's following through on his New Year's resolution. If that's his – if that's as controversial as it gets, you might st- save me from a heart attack in this new year. Uh, after all, Kel. Hey, there's plenty of Trump about to push a button moments to give you a heart attack. So this is the that's least true. I can do, Big Mac. Try to, try to save you. Uh, now it's time to get into New Japan. So finally, we are here. We're all getting together to watch it. I'm trying to figure out how these streaming things work on Twitter. Um, I really don't feel like holding my phone up the whole time and doing a Periscope tomorrow. But if I can find like a good streaming thing on Twitter, our Twitter fans and our listeners can watch New Japan with us when we watch it tomorrow. 
three o'clock yeah. Pacific time. I'm not doing that shit. And we can Kelly, show. you can have that. I'm enjoying the show. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. You don't got to listen. Wait, you don't got to do Chris shit Jericho, else. Wait, Chris Jericho, 17 years straight, turned to Japan just to worry about the internet watching We're me and what I might to, say. You guys going know to watch how us I am. You cannot put me. <laughs> Uh, uh, you cannot put me uh, uncensored on the internet. You better, you know, no, no secret filming. I will, <laughs> I will, I will have a whole ser- serious list of problems and grievances sent my way. I cannot be trusted. I cannot be trusted. <laughs> Listen, you guys, you guys are so old. This is the way of the world now in 2018. People just watch you do shit. Believe it or not, people get paid millions on YouTube just to get watched playing video games. It's yeah, incredible. to film to film dead bodies in the Japanese forest. <laughs> <laughs> That was incredible, right? Anyway, we... That was 2018. That's what the fuck uh, that was. We have New Japan. We'll go down the match card. New Japan, Rumble. We don't know the entrance, so we really can't say shit about it. Dude, nobody cares. Uh, yeah, it's always some, like, old-time yeah. Always same, some surprises. Same, same thing every year. Yeah, old uh, lines. Yeah. Then we have tag team match. Junior Heavyweight Championships. Rapungi 3K, Show and Yo versus the Young Bucks. Young Bucks lose, in my opinion, and it'll be a cool spot fest. Spot Monkeys Unite. Uh, this will be good, man. I mean, showing your eye, like I said, they're actually really good. And uh, the Bucks being the challengers, it could be interesting. I don't, I, I, I'm gonna say showing your probably win because you need to push them as a tag team. The Young Bucks can, they can afford to lose every match, to be honest with you, and nothing's yes. gonna really hurt them. They've been losing in PWG. They lost the titles. They lost clean to Cobb and Riddle. They've lost clean to uh, Phoenix and uh, I forgot Pentagon Junior. So they might lose clean here, but I think it'll be a, a fun match. I don't know if it's the opener. I don't know if this is going to be the exact order of the matches, but I think they got to open. If they're going to open hot, this is how you open. Yeah, you know, Dre talks about uh, the Bucks losing there. Um, he's absolutely right. When you when you're they, they remind me a little bit, not necessarily in the flair, like in the the panache, if you will, but a little bit of the four horsemen. That was something that the horsemen did really well in terms of they were the best thing in pro wrestling for years and. They lost a lot. Now, it was a little bit more by hook and by crook in a lot of instances. Um, I think, you know, the Jacksons are a little bit more willing to put people over, but they do it under the understanding that what they have in the niche that they provided um, is unlike anything else in professional wrestling. They bucked, no pun intended, the system in the WWE on numerous occasions. Um, They are the anti-establishment, and in a lot of ways, they are indie wrestling, not just indie tag team wrestling. Because as Dre pointed out, I mean, the places they go, PWG, ROH, New Japan, they are constantly putting over other brands, other wrestlers, and constantly putting over everything that isn't WWE. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do the job on uh, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, their merch is everywhere, too. Tonight. Yeah, absolutely. It was crazy. Um, Then we have the never open weight six-man tag match, Bullet Club, which is Badluck Fale, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa versus Chaos. Um, Beretta, Ishii, Toriano. This is tough. Bullet Club has to win. Bullet Club got to win something tonight. Right. So, I mean, I'm going with Bullet Club here, even though Ishii has had one hell of a run. Um, there's actually a couple match, a couple guys. So Elgin is in here with War Machine as well. Then we have Suzuki Gun, uh, Zack Saber Jr. is in that. And let's see, Taguchi Japan, Juice Robinson, <laughs> Taguchi and Makabe. I didn't even know they were a, a crew. Um, I'm gonna say Bullet Club wins it, but Mike Elgin and War Machine might be a close second in my opinion. Those War Machine rumors to NXT throw me off a bit. But Big Mike and War Machine is one hell of a three-man team. 
Yeah, and I'm actually gonna. And strangely enough, I guess New Japan just doesn't care about Michael Elgin and what he's been doing lately, um, <laughs> or ever, ever. So I don't think any promotion necessarily has cared about Big Mike and pushed him. That's not true. I mean, ROH when he was in ROH, he had a nice little spot there. I still remember that uh, that match he had with Davey Richards. That must have six, five, six years ago. What was in New yeah. York? I don't. What was it? Bat, uh, final battle or was it? I don't well, remember. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was good just matches. Incredible. good. Oh, matches. Was, oh, I mean, it was better than good. It was one of never the best got matches. the push he should have got. No, I agree with that. And off specifically of G1, in New Japan. Yeah, no, off of G one, they he had one hell of a G one last year. Not this year, the year yeah. before. The push never well, came. The push came because he was ROH champion. Right. Like, he was the champ. Just people didn't care about him. That's, you know, <laughs> That's there, there's a difference between <laughs> not getting pushed and people not caring about you. People don't care about Randy Orton anymore, but he still gets pushed. Yeah. You know, Elgin had a great show in the G1, and the reason why he, had, he needed to have that is because he grew stale in ROH. So this could be a time to put some titles on him with War Machine. You know, Bullet Club could win, but I feel like there's going to be a title change there. I don't see anybody else here winning this match. Um, Suzuki Gun could win because they're they're basically underhanded crooks and criminals in these matches, so <laughs> that's possible. They always, there's always a run in with Suzuki Gun match, but uh, I'm gonna go Elgin and War Machine just because I feel like you could put a title on them, um, and there could be some credence to that that never open weight six man thing because those three monsters could just beat the shit out of almost anybody. Yeah, just the rumors of you know War Machine leaving is what kind of makes me just stop and be like, eh. There's always rumors. I don't. I don't care until I see they that. They already. They already got the. They already got War Machine in uh, WWE. The, <laughs> the, the Bludgeon, Bludgeon Brothers. The Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Ass ripoff of something that's actually original. And I, I hate saying that because I love Rowan and Harper. I think they're incredible. Specifically Harper. Just Harper would be much better served as a singles wrestler. Obviously doing what he does best, which is putting on great matches. Yeah, I mean, I I would just like him as part of the Wyatts. I don't know. How sure, they, whatever. Yeah. They, they somehow stumbled in. To this Bludgeon Brothers character, but whatever there. Um, Cody Rhodes, which I'm not dropping the Rhodes, versus Kota Ibushi, which is now just a singles match and no longer yes. for the ROH title because uh, the Peacock is donning the strap now. So um, Cody versus Kota Ibushi. I don't expect Cody to have a good match. Kota's going to carry him. It's going to be okay, but I don't think Cody's that good in ring. I'll give Cody the win, though, because he's Cody. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can see that happening. I, I think it'll be, uh, you know, Cody's just so damn good. It's hard to have a bad, bad match with him. But if anybody can fuck it up, it's Cody. So, uh, but I'm gonna say, I, I'm gonna say Kota Ibushi because I feel like Kota Ibushi is probably gonna get a push in New Japan uh, this year because I think he's here to stay instead of fooling around like he was last year, a couple of years ago, showing up on NXT and everything else. Yeah. So I think that he should get the win here. There's no title on the line, which means Dakota can win because he couldn't win if it was if there was a title on the line. So, yeah, but I think it's going to be similar to last year's, what was that, Colorado Adam Cole match, which kind of felt like filler material. Um, and I think this will be the same thing. Yeah, that's a good analysis. I think the one thing that really stands out from this match, and you guys both kind of touched on it, is the disappointing run that Cody Rhodes has had as in the Indies. When he when when this was announced, you know, when he made his little list and said, "Oh, I I you know these are the guys I want to take on," you know, I was pretty excited. Um, then you know, Bullet Club happened. Okay, give him a chance. You know, he, he's going to have a good match with Omega. Okay, he's going to have a good match with uh, Okada. Okay, but none of that none of that happened. He just. Uh, 
He hasn't had the matches that maybe I think some of us, at least myself, thought he was capable of. I, I, I got to admit, I thought he was hampered potentially by the WWE style of storytelling that he just wasn't uh, able, for lack of a better term, to get his shit in. And it looks like he just doesn't have the shit to get in. He yeah. just isn't capable of putting on the matches that the, the business outside of the WWE requires. And that's a shame. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope something changes. But I think we've seen enough now to where this is this is a bit sadder story than I expected. I, I'm still glad that he's out there having fun and trying new things and, 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 and you know, having these matches. But it isn't what I thought it was going to be, that's for sure. I'm not sure if he can change his style. I, no, I just, that's what like, I mean. Like, he grew up in the WWE system. It's just what he is. And, and these guys just yep. move at a different pace. The storytelling is different. Yep. It, it just really – but he's still good on the mic. He's still marketable. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and all that. He delivered on that end of the spectrum. Yep. But that's all stuff we saw in the WWE. But like, hey, if you just diss the stupid Stardust shit – and let him go back to normal Cody Rhodes, he could probably Man, do something for you. that Money in the Bank match, when he was climbing that ladder to take that briefcase and that crowd, wherever it was, and that backdrop, they did that wide shot and zoomed out, and that whole crowd was losing its shit chanting Cody. That He was over. And he was over. I Really, I think it started with the paper bags over people's faces. Yeah. I thought that was a great gimmick, and it just ran into this. It just had the feel that it was time, and you know, Dusty was still alive, and it was a legacy thing, and people were really behind it, and they really wanted to see it, and then Damian Sandow screwed him over, <laughs> and that kind of, and that had legs. That had legs, and then it both went just, they both. They're both out of the company within yeah. the year. And the Stardust it was character just, is just horrible. Yeah, it was, it was botched on all levels from Sandow and Rhodes. And, um, yeah, man, it's really sad. It's really sad because I think he could still be in the WWE doing great things because his style is actually perfect for the WWE. I think the same thing would happen to Orton. You know, I think Orton's boring as shit. Orton, I think, is a great moniker for him I, I i can't stand watching the dude wrestle but i think he is he is capable of having decent matches in the wwe uh similar to Rhodes. but if you take him out of that comfort zone out of that cocoon out of that nest it's just bad news man yeah. i don't know how many people I'm, can make that transition yeah can, can we is it safe to say that cody Rhodes is the miz of the indies yeah yeah actually yeah that's Cut, a fair cuts fair. a great promo his matches yeah. are eh. yep but he, he's got he's like a great personality. Like, there are people... He is. Who, I would say the Miz have gotten better in the ring, though. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's yeah, still a good, good comparison. Yeah. yeah. You know, Cody is a guy who, you know, WWE fans like, and they probably watch him on his interviews and go, man, these are great matches. While us, we're like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> but the guy can cut a promo. He's he's done excellent when it comes to mic work. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, yeah. You know, he didn't really get a chance to shine in the WWE, except when he was uh, dashing Cody Rhodes, and then he got... The face broke by any roll the face match. That was his best run in my opinion. Oh, by far. The bags were great, man. Yeah, that was great. But yeah, ultimately, Wrestle Kingdom is about wrestling, and mm-hmm. Cody's not a great wrestler. No, this is definitely going to be a kind of filler match. I don't expect pew, 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 pew. 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, tag team match for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Uh, I never liked these heavyweight tag team championships, by the way. Uh, these matches always seem weird. But we have Davies. Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer versus Evil and Sonata. Evil and Sonata are taking the belts. I think Lij is going to be their night through and through. Like, it should be. It's just going. They're going to wreck everything tonight. 
Should be. Um, my only concern is uh, Killer Elite Squad just got the titles. I know New Japan doesn't really care, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if they take it off them. But I, I want I want Lij to win. I want Evil and Sonata because Evil's had a great run this past year. Yeah. I still think Sonata's a superstar in the waiting. He has the look. He has the technique. <laughs> like the guy just looks like a, a phenomenal athlete. So I hope they win. I I don't know if they will, but fuck it. I'm gonna go with uh, Lij. I'm with you. Uh, Los Ignorables de Japón is the faction of the year, could be the faction of the decade when it's all said and done in Sonata. I'm with you, Dre, is at the top of that in every single way. The guy, I think right now, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be too controversial here, but I mean, from what I've seen in ring, um, and I'm not up to date uh, currently on New Japan. I'm a couple months behind. Um, I'm not going to get caught up in wrestle. I've just come to terms. I'm not going to be uh, caught up for Wrestle Kingdom, and I don't need to be. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm so stoked for this event. I, I haven't been this excited for a pro wrestling match, and I can't tell you guys how long. Obviously, Jericho has just about everything to do with that, but uh, you know, Sonata is a guy that, from what I've seen, I mean, he's had a couple match of the year con can, uh, contenders. I mean, maybe maybe that's a little too far. Uh, but just matches that I've really, really enjoyed where I've left those events saying, man, that guy was the star of the event. He does have the look. He is more than capable. He is better than 98% of the WWE roster in ring. I mean, that, that he is he is definitely a product of the New Japan gym and what they groom. Uh, very similar to a young Nakamura. Um, oh. You just you see him and you're like, yeah, uh, he's the future. Um, His I'm completely, turn. Completely with Dre on that. His face turn? Whenever it happens against Naito, is yeah. going to be the most amazing shit ever. Yeah, I agree. It's Naito be really cool is to watch. champion at some point, and they're both in the same crew, and he's gonna have that that rock when he turned off for Rook Field. Where you're like, yo, this guy, like you, Naito may be the champion, and Naito's great in his own right, but this kid is gonna turn fade, and he's just gonna take off. Yep. And it's yep. that's the only problem with New Japan, and it's a great problem to have is those builds are slow as hell. So you'd be no, like, oh, man, this is that's coming exactly, next. Yeah, yeah, that's you, exactly the way it should be. No, it's great. It works yeah. for them. It works perfectly. But that shit, that turn could be three years from now. It should be. That's the way That's the way storytelling should be. Two years, three years. I mean, that's what the WWE did so well with Owens and uh, Jericho, right? It did. That's why it was so good. But they so did it good. in the box. They did it in six to eight months. No, no. It was longer than that. That was over a year, if I remember correctly. They were still kind of, when I was, I'm trying to think. Well, maybe... WrestleMania, maybe, to WrestleMania maybe, is a year. It was like eight months. Was it? It, feel, it felt like longer. They felt like they were teasing it for eight months, that it's, they were actually going to break up, that they kept going like, oh, it's going to happen here. Oh, it's going to happen here. Oh, it's going to happen here. It's just an eternity for WWE time. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know the exact dates. Dre, you know on that? It felt longer than eight months. It was about eight months. It started was at it? SummerSlam. Okay. Yeah, they teamed up at SummerSlam, and they were on like the pre-show, or they, they wrestled uh, Enzo and Big Cass. Ten months. Uh, it was then. the first time they yeah. were – at SummerSlam, and then from there, that's the when they, right? they kind of ran with it all the way up into WrestleMania. So, but well, weren't, they, weren't, weren't they building to the friendship before that? Like Jericho, no, or they one threw of them together randomly. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, for Enzo right. and Cass, and I was like, what? Yeah, so it was like eight months, but it was a good eight months. Slow build. It's oh, as yeah, slow as we're gonna sure. get. Um, yeah, especially next, for WWE. Next one we have never open weight championship Suzuki versus Goto. You kind of go quick. Somehow it's a haircut match. I don't understand that. Um, but I'm going to go with Goto picking up the title and, uh, yeah, it's a cool match. Well, I'll, I'm going to Suzuki and here's why I'll make it real quick because it's a death match and Goto is a guy who's kind of become stale with his character. 
Yeah. Hair matches are for a reason. It's to give a guy a new look. Suzuki's an OG. Doesn't need a new look. Goto it will get the haircut here. He'll lose, and something will need to happen with his character. Because Goto is kind of like what Naito was several years ago when Naito was his baby face, and at a certain point, people just got tired of him. Mm. Goto's in a similar spot. So he, I think he's going to lose Suzuki and lose the hair. See, that makes sense. I would think the title would make him fresh, but no, you're right. Yeah, and it caps off a great year for Suzuki after a, a great G1. And as Suzuki seemed to feel just invigorated this year, no? Like, yeah. uh, he just he just seemed to have a different edge to him, and the crowd seemed to respond differently to well, him. So hopefully, book, Booking this, is everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, but they put him in the nice, right block. Right. This will be a, a nice tip of the cap for him. Uh, and, and, and as Dre said, I think he's absolutely spot on. Hair matches do happen for a reason. And this and it is a great comparison to Naito because Naito was just kind of like, you know, just kind of meandering around. And then he came back with this, you know, this whole I this whole yeah. gimmick, this, this <laughs> Japanese, this whole Japanese hitman gimmick, whatever you want to look at it. It's a really great thing. And in the, in the formation of LIJ, um, I don't know what they're going to do. With Goto, but they need to do something. So yeah, I like that. Um, next up, oof, which I think could it's going to push it for match tonight: Skrull versus Takahashi versus Kushida versus Osprey Junior Heavyweight Championship. This is a match I'm most looking forward to, and mm. I think the spots are going to be crazy. They're going to tell one hell of a story. Um, you don't, uh, Dre. Don't let him in tomorrow. When he knocks on the door, just let him sit outside. <laughs> let him sit outside listen. and listen to us cheer Jericho and <laughs> Jericho Omega. Jericho Omega is going to be great. I'm looking forward to see how this match plays out. Yeah, um, the booking of Skrull and Osprey in our relationship. We touched on it on the show. It's kind of stupid leading up to this because they kind of lost. But I'm not even holding that against them. So what? That's a different company. Like here, I think the match is still going to play out well. I picked Marty Skrull as my wrestler of the year on the indies coming up, and it starts at Wrestle Kingdom. I think Skrull puts on the show in this match, and it's going to be great. Won't be mad at you, but I, I kind of feel like because Takahashi was the odd man out for so long trying to get a match, Not a that he, he gets his title back. I hope he gets his... I, I, I'm done with Takahashi. Just, well, you just said LIJ is going to run the table, so that would include mm-hmm. Takahashi. So, I, And I'm a big fan of Takahashi. His dumbass you know, cat and everything a, else. Yeah, Daryl! Daryl! The cat yeah, like, is hilarious. <laughs> no, so, you know, the cat getting killed by Battle of Fale, Like There was so much here <laughs> to get Takahashi into this match. I wouldn't be surprised if he won and came out with the title. The only person I don't see winning this match is Kushida, and he could, that means he probably could win it. But... <laughs> I think it'll be a great match. I don't think it'll be match of the night, um, but I think it'll be up there. I think Russell King is just going to have a bunch of match of the nights oh, yeah. on any other card, but I think it's going to be a hell of a match. But I'm going to pick Takahashi. Yeah, I don't think uh, Skrull's wheelhouse is four-man matches anyway. I think he's much better uh, as a as a psychological guy. He's uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I really like Skrull, but... Um, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea who's going to win this match, um, nor do I care. It's just one match closer to Omega and Jericho. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, next up, three matches left. IWGP in the Continental Championship. Tanahashi versus Jay White. Oh, hell usually, yeah, Jay White. This is usually yeah. a place where Tanahashi puts someone over, right? Like, I'm taking Jay White to win. <laughs> that's Ooh. Tanahashi's pot. Like, that's that's... Especially when he's not, you know, heavyweight champion. It's the Intercontinental Championship. He's going to put Jay White over. Well, he usually wins. Like, every year. Like, Tanahashi is effectively the job. Especially. especially but when he has the main belt, though, he usually keeps it. Or what? We're judging him a lot off of Okada when he whooped Okada's ass every year for, like, three years in a row. 
I mean, Tanahashi, there's always a time where people say it's, t- it's time for Tanahashi to go. Everybody, right. Every year we have this He's John Cena. Like, he is John, yeah, Cena. John Cena. And then you yeah. just can't get rid it's of him. him then you're like, okay, and, man, I like it. And obviously Jay White's got a new character, Switchblade. Um, yes. I mean, he's a guy who should have a great run. I mean, people who see Jay White, he didn't have a character. He was just a great wrestler. Now he has one. So I think this is going to be an excellent match. I think a lot of people are sleeping on this match. Um but I actually do agree. I do think that Jay White should get the title because of the character change. But I don't think he will. I think <laughs> John Cena will John Cena and Tanahashi will Tanahashi. And I think he'll retain the title. Love fest continues. And he'll have an excellent match that will only enhance Jay White's profile. Well, then and he's what, dropping and it what, into Minion. Yeah, and what did we just say about New Japan, right? Or what did you just say? The slow builds, right? They do everything real slow. Yeah. Um, you know, Jay White is incredible. Uh, he has a bright, bright future in the wrestling business. He is everything you want. He is a, you know, he's an Adam Cole in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. He's just, he's a really talented guy. Uh, but for that reason, for the slow build reason, uh, I, I expect Tanahashi to walk away with this one and then uh, maybe build, I don't want to say a year long feud, but definitely a, uh, a, a Okada, Omega, whatever. Uh, Okada type of of thing to where you're going to see these guys wrestle for the next year or two on and off and 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 they're they're putting this on for a reason and it's right below Omega and Jericho uh, and Okada Naito for a reason they want you to pay attention to this match for a reason because they got big plans for Jay White as they should yeah um for people who still haven't watched New Japan which I think we turned on most of our audience to New Japan wrestling New Japan world by now <laughs> But you can tell the difference in their builds of a card is because they constantly climb. It's not the WWE where you have a great match and then they want you to have the bathroom break, then a great match, then a sandwich, then a great match, and right. a women's match. And to, to, no, this is a constant build in New Japan cards. So him to help hold this spot really means he's going to perform. Yeah, hey, before we go on, I just want to ask you guys, because we haven't talked about it and I'm not familiar. Um, Dre, what's going on with Shibata? Is he is he done? What what the hell is going on? He's not wrestling again, been, is he? I, don't, I, I think after that injury, I don't think we'll see him um, again. We may, which will be ill-advised. Um, after that, you know, being in the hospital and, and no feeling on his whole left side of his body. Right. Um, but he but may, I mean, has there been any updates whatsoever? I mean, no. Yeah, in that's in yeah. New Japan's is really good at that. You know right. nothing about anybody like the, like the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Uh, you know, oh. when Shibata made that return, that surprising return, just to say that I'm back, and then yeah. you know, damn near cried in the ring. It was like a, an emotional moment, but I don't. I think it'd be the worst thing to do to put him back in the ring, especially with his style. Like you can't neuter his style. Yeah. No, no you yeah. definitely can't. Um, oh well, R.I.P. Shibata potentially, but damn it. Yeah, exactly. Well, next, yeah. co-main, which is your main event, Big Mac. Uh, yeah. Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. No DQ stipulation now. 60-minute time limit. United States Heavyweight Championship. I don't even get a damn about the belt. Kenny Omega's winning, but it's going to be a great match. And Chris Jericho is going to be Chris Jericho. He's he's going to bring a little bit of that WWE-style flair. He's going to play to the crowd. He's done that already in the build-up to this. You know, he's cut those promos. He's the epitome of a bad guy. He's ripping shit up from the crowd. He wants to go over there. His job is to make Kenny Omega look like a million bucks, and he's gonna do that. So I'm taking Omega to win, but gonna be a great match. I wanna I'm gonna jump in here before Dre goes because I wanna number one I wanna plug Dre's uh, article again on Yahoo. You should all go read it. I think there's some answers in there. 
as to what might happen in this match, don't want to give too much away, but number one, Jericho says, you don't rule out. This is not a one-off. You never know what to expect with Jericho. Number two, he said Vince was watching, and Vince understands that now Vince is not watching, but he will be following along in terms of people will be telling him what happened in the story, whatever. Um, and he understands what's good for business, that when other companies are flourishing, um, you know, it's better for WWE. Now, with that said, I think everyone is expecting Jericho to lose this match, and I understand why. Um, I do, especially with the ghost of Fandango and WrestleMania hanging in our heads. Like <laughs> it, it, Jericho is almost the, you know, the last half of this career made a made a his his gimmick is losing matches and putting people over almost. Uh, but what we're going to witness here in a few hours is really special, um, and I am kind of starting to lean towards this being a little bit bigger than we're giving it credit for in the sense that I think Jericho might make a run here uh, for a few months where he takes this belt tomorrow night or tonight um, and he becomes U.S. champion and it's a concerted effort on New Japan's part. Uh, they have the streaming service in America that they're still trying to get off the ground. They're going to be running the Long Beach show here uh, this summer. Um, and who better than to run a program with and to get that interest on an American audience, casual American audience, than having Chris Jericho hold the United States title at least for a few months. I, I, I don't think, number one, Vince would have a problem with it. I think he understands that it would be good because when Chris comes back to the WWE as a new former New Japan uh, champion, it's going to bring the Japanese audience to an extent or, or a foreign audience with him, uh, and it's just going to build his character. And he is—he was already going to be mega over because of the Festival of Friendship and how over he was coming off the list. If you add a legitimate New Japan title and a rivalry with Omega and Bullet Club, he could be the biggest star in your company. Like I literally mean that. If he puts on the matches that I'm thinking he might be capable of. And I think it's the perfect swerve in a business that is short on swerves, even in New Japan sense. Uh, I think Jericho can take this, and I think he's going to take it. I hope he does. I hope I'm not sounding like too much of a mark, but I think there's a lot of reasons why that could happen. I don't uh, mind that, though. <laughs> you almost took the words out of my mouth. Oh, Maybe. I'm sorry. I didn't even know I was going to do that. I just, I, <laughs> no. I actually wanted to put put your article over. And, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you're absolutely right because you look at it. Jericho's not signed to the WWE right now. He's not under contract. He has right. nothing else to do. There's also a cruise that he's doing with a lot of ROH and New Japan talent that's mm. happening this summer. That probably means he's not going to be back with the WWE. I think Fozzie's touring again. So you can wrestle once or twice in New Japan and still remain relevant. Um, so that and there's also this new no DQ stipulation, which usually means shenanigans. <laughs> so shenanigans. There could be shenanigans in this match, and usually for the past couple of years, Bullet Club has always exiled somebody after mm. Wrestle Kingdom. AJ Styles got exiled. We, you know, Adam Cole just got exiled early, like late last year. Usually these things result in something, and Bullet Club is their NWO faction for all intents and purposes. Right. I mean, could Chris Jericho be in the Bullet Club at the end of this match? I don't know. Cody bringing out Chris Jericho, Ooh. or Cody interfering and knocking out Omega so Jericho could win, and kicking Omega out of Bullet Club okay. would have me lose my damn mind. Like, you will see me mark out and run around your block. <laughs> keep this in mind, and I'm putting this in the other. Keep this in mind. Cody and Omega haven't seen eye to eye. Since Bullet Club from the beginning. It's been teased. Keep, keep this in mind that the elite is Omega and the Bucks. 
which have, if you pay close attention, Omega and the Bucks have kind of separated themselves from the Bullet Club. The elite is their own little faction. Whether that means the Bucks and Omega become their own faction outside of the Bullet Club, there's a lot of things that can happen when you have a shenanigans match. Like this, I think this match is going to be excellent, but this match is built for shenanigans. And I think that if Jericho comes away with a title, we get four months of Chris Jericho talking his shit. Yeah. Like he, I don't think there's any reason for him to just lose and go away. I mean, it could possibly happen. It makes sense. But with Omega not being involved in a high-profile feud after this, why not extend this for a couple of months? Why not have Chris Jericho pull off the upset? Because Ken- Kenny Omega is coming out as the babyface in this match. Bullet Club are not necessarily babyfaces. I think Jericho's going to pull this shit off with some shenanigans. See, I'm not mad at that, except the only thing that would make me doubt that that would happen is Vince seeing or hearing about the response and saying, I need Jericho at Mania. And I don't want to wait until next summer, until after the cruise to capitalize on this. I want him to come right off of Wrestle Kingdom, hot, and into WrestleMania. That's the only and, thing. And, uh, I don't think Vince If that doesn't happen, that. then, hey, yeah, sure. The cruise is in September. He could tour all summer. He really, there's only two pay-per-views between now and yeah, there's two New Japan pay-per-views between Wrestle Kingdom, two or three, between now and G1. So it's not a ton of pay-per-views. Yeah. Theoretically, you know, he has to wrestle three times between now and August. That's not bad. This, yeah, yeah, and now this this is definitely not going to happen. But I can make the case for, you know, WWE right now suffering through a piss-poor uh, run of ratings. Uh, very little interest, I think, across the board. Um, you know... Jericho takes the title and brings the title with him to WrestleMania. <laughs> brings it home. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a, I don't new, know it's a new Japan. I, I, like they I, just I, made the yeah. title, so it's I, I, I mean it, th- that does not really happen. I, I, there, obviously, there has been new Japan talent to come over in prior WrestleManias, but that was largely in the the early or excuse me, the late '80s and maybe the early '90s. I can't remember exactly when those manias happened. Um, it's not a normal thing to happen. I don't expect it to happen. But we're not living in normal times, and I never expected Chris Jericho to go over. And that's the great thing about this whole thing is the the unknowns. This is this is a really special time for professional wrestling history to have Chris Jericho go over and do this match. And he's growing out his damn hair. I know that's kind of been the theme, right? <laughs> I've been talking about dudes with hair. I don't know. I must uh, losing mind. Must sh- I'm like Larry David. Talk about like the ball club and shit. Um, you, you're but no, Vince right now. You're no, but seriously, yeah, yeah, right, right. No, but uh, you know, it, it's just it's an interesting time. So why not? You know, uh, it, it would be like a one off or like an invasion or something. But it's, uh, I don't know. There's so many possibilities. But that's that's a good thing. It's ex- it's exciting for once. That's what so makes it enjoy great. it. Yeah, exactly. All right, main events: Okada versus Naito, IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Rainmaker versus Destino. I I've been saying this since before G one. It's Naito's time. Naito's going over. Naito's getting the championship. Lij is reigning supreme yeah. for the night, and Naito takes that next step as, as the heel champion. Yeah. What's What's Okada's run right now, guys? Dre. Mm, it's been a couple. Like he hasn't he lost, hasn't lost that in a title. year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. He can only do he, I mean, so he long. Got, he beat Okada. So, obviously, he had it before then. If I remember correctly, he took the title off of Naito. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that, yeah. was, that, was, that was more than a year and a half ago, wasn't it? It was two years ago when yeah. Naito won G1. Yep. Yeah. And he, was, 
and it, he wasn't necessarily ready because he didn't have Lij yet. Yep. So they, they planted the seeds just like they did with Okada and Tanahashi. Yep. Okada, you thought he was ready, and Tanahashi beat him, and then he beat him again, and they built so that he could finally win. You're right, it's Naito's time. But I think this is also going to be the match of the night. Yeah. As much as we love Omega and everybody's Yeah, no, him, no, no, right. I'm with you. This match is going to be phenomenal, and it, and it needs to put Naito over. Um, he could lose. We could, we We've could seen it lose. before. <laughs> nah, but you can't. Here's the thing. Naito has to win at Wrestle Kingdom, and they're not going to wait another year. The build no. is there. The story is there. Lij is the hottest faction in professional wrestling in Japan. Naito is the hottest wrestler. They're not the WWE. They don't fuck things up like they do. They know they have a great finger on their pulse, right? Mm. Uh, of their business, of their country, of their audience, of their of their business. Uh, I agree. It's Naito, and yeah. I agree uh, that it's the match of the night. I don't. I don't. And that's not a knock on the. You know, obviously Jericho and Omega. I just don't think Jericho is capable of putting on a five star match at his age. And this is uh, just how they do it. Like they, yeah. they, it's a constant build. I mean, we had, what was it? It was AJ Styles versus Nakamura in the co-main two years ago. And I thought that match was incredible. But guess yeah. what? You know, Tanahashi and Okada came and blew it out the water yeah. in the main event. So it's, it's yep. just how it is. The names, yep. even how the names match up, it's just everyone tops the person before them. Well, and that's how yeah. wrestling pay-per-view should be. Yeah, that's also how New Japan books them. You know, yeah. keep in mind, New Japan, at the end of the day, they have final say. You know, it's up to the wrestlers to a point, but they're also going to give Okada and Naito the time and the freedom to have that match the way that the main event yeah. is supposed to be. Everyone is... It's everyone supposed to feel Japan. like a main event. Absolutely. It's not and supposed it's, to be Roman Reigns yeah. versus Triple H with and the walk-off. Like, yeah, and that, that match is going to be incredible. New spots, new moves, new everything. I expect that to, especially with the year Okada has coming off of his feud with Omega and, and the whole 75 stars and the <laughs> controversy. I mean, no, I mean, there, there's a lot of attention on Okada. Never, you know, never has there been a better time for him to pass that strap to Naito because Okada doesn't really need it anymore. Okada's established. Okada is arguably the greatest professional wrestler of the last 30 years. Yeah. And that's, that's saying a lot. And he's still very young. Young, but the, those matches, you know, I know Dave Meltzer might disagree. <laughs> I know Dave is a big Omega guy, but um, what Okada has done, I can't say that the best professional wrestler in Japan is being overlooked, but doesn't it kind of feel like that way sometimes? Oh, like, yeah, it yeah, it's it's yeah. criminal at times. Yeah, now it's just you're used to it. Yeah, so yeah. When someone and, else does and that's it. The it's sign, that's yes, that's the sign of true, true, true greatness. Yeah, it, it's yeah. He's Jordan right now. Yep. Where he yep. comes out, he drops 40. You're like, eh, eh, all right. Yep. Like, it, you're just used to it, and he's going to yep. do it again. So um, that's our show for today. Thank you, Ryan McKinnell, for joining the show. Thank our you, first guest, me and 2018. That's uh, right. We'll see. I'll see you guys tomorrow to watch this. If you guys are watching it tonight, which is Wednesday, enjoy watching it live. Make sure you guys mm. follow us on social media, at the corner LSN, me, at Kel Dansby. Him and Andreas Hale. Big Mac, what is your Twitter? At Ryan McKinnell. We're all we're all our names. Oh we're all, nice. We're all OGs. You say we're <laughs> old. You're old Kel Dansby. You got, you know, we don't have these creative, funky social media names. We just are who we are. We don't hide. We out here. Come find us. Say it to our face. Come <laughs> dog dare you. Reverse wrestle uh, reverse rat pack in the building. <laughs> so make sure you guys follow us. We'll be tweeting throughout the whole thing, except for the main events, because I'm sure we'll just be stuck on those. But make sure oh, you I'm guys not tweeting. 
Yeah, I'm not tweeting at all. Should, I'll be tweeting, so I'll be. That's how you can tell I'm. Mean. Well, I'll yeah. be tweeting so during the whole Kel. damn thing. Follow yeah. yeah, follow Kel, and then Kel, don't be mad when you get this shit spoiled for you for going on social media. No, yeah. I'm not gonna read tweets. <laughs> I'm just going to tweet it. <laughs> Make sure you guys follow along, man. See, this is why we can't bring them both on the show with just me. They old men ganging up on me. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll check you guys next week. But for right now, we're out. Peace. Pew pew. Brah, brah. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.